Many of us have a conceptual understanding of the mind-body connection. We understand that our thoughts become things. We can especially see how powerful the mind-body connection is when we look at studies involving placebos. The question then becomes, how can we apply this mind-body connection to improve our everyday lives? On today's episode, our guest Ali Cast and I, your host, Sam Aiko, will be discussing how our beliefs and mind-body connection and help us overcome health challenges. Ali specializes in holistic health with an emphasis on gut health, hormonal hormones, metabolic health, and fat loss. She is a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, integrative nutrition, and metabolic specialist. Follow our show and bookmark our podcast so you don't miss out on our fantastic Matrix mentors. Ali, welcome to the Organic Matrix. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's an honor. Can you tell us about your origin story and how you were called to support people with their health? Absolutely. So I grew up as an athlete. Um, I lived in a very small town in East Texas, and I always joked that like you either played sports or you did drugs. <laughs> kind of the truth. But I was like, I will play sports. So physical activity, competition, um, fitness, things like that, those have always been big values for me and have always been a really big part of my life. And I went on after high school to play D3 college basketball for a couple of months. I quickly realized that that program was not for me um, and you know, made the pivot to focus on other things outside of athletics. And it was after that decision that I realized how unhealthy of a lifestyle that I was truly living once I was no longer, you know, working out multiple hours a day. And it was in that moment that I realized like, holy cow, nobody talks to us about how to nurture our bodies with, you know, the proper food. No one talks about um, lifestyle as medicine, you know, getting sufficient sleep, managing our stress load, things like that. And that was really before social media, like really took off. That was like right when it was becoming a thing. And so I feel like there were far fewer people that were also talking about emotional health, mental health, and the interplay between those things and our actual physical health. So I realized like, wow, I no one ever taught me how to take care of myself. And that's because a lot of adults don't really know how to take care of themselves either. So I found myself in a place where I was drinking a lot of alcohol, eating a lot of food that was not making me feel my best, just a very typical unhealthy college kid existence. And that was compounded dramatically right after I graduated when I found out that my mom had was diagnosed with stage three brain cancer and essentially given like 18 months to live. I moved across the country. I lived with my parents. I basically became one of her caregivers during that transition in her life. And I was with her for the nine months that she made it. And it was also during that time that I was really reflecting on myself and reflecting on the question of what really makes someone truly healthy. Um, and naturally, I had a lot, of, a lot of anger, a lot of questions and things that doctors could give me absolutely no answer to in regards to why was that happening to my mom? What causes something like that? And what determines, you know, such a rare diagnosis that kind of comes out of the blue. And so I really started to do a ton of my own research. I became very fascinated with things like nutrition because that's something that no one really talked to us about at all during her diagnosis period, during the chemotherapy and radiation process that was never mentioned. And so the more that I started learning, the more like upset I became at just kind of the system as a whole when it comes to, you know, preventative medicine and even looking at individuals as a holistic, you know, being and all of the factors that really play into our health, whether it be environmental, physical, mental, emotional, all of those things. And so that journey for me really gave me a lot of purpose. And I had, you know, a ton of pain from that experience, but I, I really wanted to take that and turn it into something powerful and something that I could use to make sense of the situation and to help someone so that, you know, maybe they wouldn't be in the same situation that my mom was in or, you know, wouldn't have to experience the kind of loss that I experienced. And so that was really the catalyst for me. And then as I started learning on my own, as I started going through so many different certification programs, I just became obsessed and I'm basically still obsessed till this day. <laughs> That's incredible. And thank you so much for your service because you probably like inspire so many people to not give up at the diagnosis 
and that's something that's so important like a diagnosis isn't a, a life mm. sentence and so i really appreciate your work thank you i appreciate that what are some discoveries you made during your journey of being a healer and a coach oh that's a great question i feel like there's been so many things but kind of the big overarching big rocks, I guess, that have come about for me, both in my own journey and my journey as a coach and a professional in this industry, is that, again, kind of going back to that holistic mindset and thought process is that your body and what's happening from a physiological perspective is not separate from what's happening mentally, emotionally, or otherwise. And so I think a lot of people are really quick to discount the role that stress plays in you know, how they're feeling whether that is physically, mentally, or emotionally. And, you know, that can be from relationships, work stress, um, even just the stress that we place upon ourselves because we have this ideal, this ideal of what we need to be and show up as in society. And like the further we get on with like all of our technological advancements, the more expected we are to constantly be plugged in and like constantly be performing at 110%. And I know from my own experience that has played into a lot of my journey. And so I think people, you know, understanding that aspect more and also understanding that, you know, what they choose to carry from an emotional perspective and an energetic perspective can also affect that. So, you know, unresolved traumas, you know, grief, I carried grief for many, many years. And I can tell you that I was a hundred percent on my diet, a hundred percent on my fitness plan. You know, I was doing all the right things, but it was like, there was this weight still energetically on me. And it wasn't until I was able to work past those things and address like what was going on inside of me that I was like, oh my God, I feel so much lighter. It was like, I literally had lost 10 pounds, but like I wasn't actually losing weight. It was just the weight of that, that energetic um, experience that I was carrying around with me. So understanding that, you know, we are, a complex being health itself doesn't have to be super complex, but like what's going on in here is all connected. So that was a big revelation for me, both in my journey and in helping women and and seeing, you know, what really plays into someone's transformation, especially at a physical level. Cause so many of my clients, they come in, they want to lose weight. They have a certain aesthetic goal. Sure. They might want to feel strong. They want to have more energy, all of those things, but that's typically how it starts. And then we start diving in and looking at what's below the surface, both from a physical, mental, emotional perspective. Um, and so I think for me, that was one of, one of the biggest things also just having that realization that, um, how do I say this nicely, that <laughs> the healthcare system, while it is wonderful and it serves its, uh, you know, a, a purpose and it's absolutely necessary, not everything in our system is truly designed to give you the most optimal level of health. So, you know, oftentimes I encourage clients to like seek second opinions or to, you know, look at all avenues first. Like there's, I think in anyone's health journey, the biggest thing that you need to do when you're making a decision one way or the other about something, it could be something as minor as like, okay, should I go on birth control or not? Or something as major as like, how am I going to address treatment because I was just diagnosed with cancer? I love when I go to the gym and I see smoothie bars. However, I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my Blendjet 2 portable blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price. Right before or after my workout. Blend anytime, anywhere with BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code ORGANICMATRIX12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. And so understanding both the pros and cons of every decision, because every decision has a pro and every decision has a con and being able to own that decision, but truly make that decision for yourself and not just be persuaded by a medical professional or, you know, an expert that you see on TV or online and, you know, really being able to understand what are the benefits and the costs to making a decision when it comes to your body and, and, you know, owning that decision as your own. And so for me, that's been something that I work a lot with, with clients and I, you know, I'm, will support someone in whatever they choose, as long as they understand the totality of what it is that they're choosing. That's beautiful. And I love that you do that because I believe like having true freedom is having all the facts lined up and you make a decision. A lot of us, go to the doctor because it's been conditioned there a lot of these things 
like a lot of the things that we do as a society that are harmful to our health and longevity has been based off conditioning mm -hmm. and advertisements own version of propaganda like with the fact that they have to have all of these scientific techniques to have bright colors different uh, psychological ticks to make us want something like the fact that they have to use that to influence us to eat poison is concerning to me because the where's the integrity of our society and that's what makes us different than other culture cultures in comparison uh we're from i'm in america i speak to a lot of people in different countries sometimes i forget and um but it's very interesting how other countries like outlaw certain chemicals like in cosmetics that mm -hmm. cause cancer uh talcum powder cause ovarian cancer all these things that we put on babies yeah johnson and johnson <laughs> yeah like we we because of conditioning we grew up thinking this is harmless. This is actually healthy. I'm putting baby oil on my skin. I must be helping it. And um, that's not the reality. It's not the truth. So I'm glad that we can come together and give people more options because it's interesting. Like yesterday, my sister brought her cat to the vet and the, her cat had a fever. And the vet's like, well, if the cat has a virus, I can't give anything, no medication to help the cat heel has to run its course. However, I can treat her symptoms. And I'm like, well, the vet is more honest than big pharma and regular medical doctors because that's all they know how to do. They're only trained to help you deal with what your body needs to heal from. So like we'll take antibiotics that ruins the gut flora, not knowing that we're, in we're inhibiting our own immune system from correcting what's wrong. And so I'm glad that, you know, Matrix members, now you know you can go to Alleycast for some good holistic advice because we have to be our own advocates with preventative care. <laughs> we really do. I'm so glad we jive on that. And it, it really is. And I think that people are well-intentioned. Like, we want to believe that, you know, the government or Big Pharma or whomever we're, you know, kind of entrusting with these these facts and with our care. Like, we want to believe that they have our best interest in mind. And the reality, unfortunately, is, is that's not always the case. And so I am 100% like, we all need to be our own biggest advocate. And if we don't, you know, if I don't know something, and I know that you do, like, you know, I'm going to lean to you to to help educate me. And so I think that's why it's so important to have people in the space who are talking about that. And yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. How do you personally incorporate your beliefs and mind-body connection to maintain your health? Oh, that is a really good question. So I get the question a lot of like, okay, well, how do my beliefs or my thoughts, how does that affect my health? And so I always tell people like, from my perspective, when I'm explaining it or when I'm looking at it, and then obviously the research that I've done and everything I've learned, I look at it as twofold, right? So we have actual physiological changes that come along with thoughts and emotions. So a really basic example of that is like, I feel a little nervous or, you know, anxious because I'm thinking about maybe I have to speak on a podcast later. And so I'm getting those butterflies in my stomach or I'm, my body is truly producing some sort of reaction in response to this thought and that emotion. So for people who think that their, their thoughts and their emotions have absolutely no effect downstream on what's happening in their body, that's, you know, you can look at super basic examples of that or like, I get really mad and my face turns red. I start to get flushed. Um, those are actual you know, reactions to what we're feeling, what we're thinking and what we're experiencing in the moment. And so understanding that that happens and that serves us, you know, at a nervous system level to protect us. But when we're constantly living in, you know, a, a very stressed out space or um, we're constantly being triggered by things and we, we're not realizing it or we don't know how to kind of self-regulate and bring ourselves back down to that um, homeostatic place, that's when things can start, you know, getting a little out of control, things can become dysregulated. Um, but also, you know, your beliefs and your thoughts will influence how you show up. So if I am, you know, if I have a health goal to achieve XYZ, but I truly don't believe that it's possible for me, or I have some story in my head about, oh, you know, I, I've always been this way, it runs in my family, and I'm just telling myself, you know, all of these things that aren't very empowering, it's far less likely that I'm going to wake up and be like, all right, let's do all the things that I know I need to do today in order for me to reach that goal. So I think, you know, from my perspective, our thoughts and our beliefs 
work in both of those ways when it comes to influencing not only how we act and the behaviors that we choose to engage in, but also, you know, on a physiological level, what our body, how our body is responding essentially to the stimulus that we're giving it, you know, even if it is just purely a thought that is turning into an emotion. And in that rant, I totally forgot your your original question. Yeah. Oh, I admire your answer. You gave me an aha moment. And I think you did great answering the question. And what I love the most of like what you're saying is like, the way you describe it. It's so it's like when we hear the concept of things, it's so hard to think in the moment, like how to apply it. But I love that you mentioned what kind of emotions are triggered with these narratives that we live by. And I I could personally relate, like I have a few learning disabilities. And a lot of times, like out of insecurity, I'll bring it up first and make a joke about it just to throw it out there. It's unnecessary, though. And those who are aware of people like and how people behave, like they know, like, oh, well, that must bother you because nobody cares about that. Right. But <laughs> but it's like if I feel awkward and I'm worried everyone thinks I'm awkward, I will play the role of an awkward person because I already created that narrative. And then I start feeling awkward and shy, thus self-sabotaging in the sense that what I'm fearing is what I'm attracting because I'm the one playing that role. So I love your answer. That's the aha moment it gave me. (laughs) No, I love that. I think that's beautifully stated. Um, And that kind of goes into like talking about self-fulfilling prophecies as well, which I think, in my opinion, from a health perspective is something that I like I struggle with this when, you know, people get diagnosed with, you know, a disease or a condition or X, Y, Z. And I mean, I think for certain reasons, I understand why that's necessary. And obviously if there is some level of dysfunction going on in the body and we're classifying it as such, obviously we need to address that. But I've seen this happen time and time again, where somebody gets a diagnosis and that immediately becomes part of their identity and it becomes part of their story. And just like you said, like that becomes so much of who they are, that that is how they start showing up or that is, you know, they start making decisions that are kind of continuing to manifest whatever the problem is at hand. And so I think from like a health diagnosis perspective as well, like that's a, a really awesome parallel example of like, you know, how that can play out in so many different circumstances and and then how, you know, what we choose to believe about ourselves and about a certain situation, how that can contribute to, you know, what actually ends up happening down the line. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we could, if we could, like, a lot, a lot of the, what I'm thinking, like, when I hear your answer, I think of, like, how much we can help ourselves by being observant to our reactions, right? Because if we can not hyper react over a situation that might not go our way mm-hmm. we might not trigger that cortisol levels in our mind that causes stress in the like stop our metabolism like you know all the bad things stress mm-hmm. can do like it can increase yep. illness by lowering our immune system mm-hmm. it can encourage stomach ulcers inflammation all the things we want to avoid so all with like not cursing out that person that cut you off in the street like is gonna help you live longer <laughs> it's so true my boyfriend like he'll be like are you stressed out i'm like no not at all why he's like no you are like you're literally yelling at the cars in front of you and i'm like oh my god you're right <laughs> but i do think that like and at a very foundational level like just ha- learning how to cultivate that self-awareness is like the first step in being able to say like okay how am i actually responding to this because so many of us like you know we're so busy we're accomplishing all these things we're jumping from one thing to the next like we don't really know how we're responding in certain situations and so we just default to what we know and a lot of us you know have dysfunctional default patterns from either how we grew up or you know what we were exposed to or um, all of those things and so i think that yeah i you know practicing self-awareness in those situations to so you can say like am i you know is this triggering me to then go into that fight or flight response and you know is it really necessary mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh, i think like with our us like living in the digital world because like we're podcasting online like we're we're miles away and like our careers like this is where we're at (laughs) and it's like so wonderful but it is like mirror mirror on the wall right like we're i think this is the generation where like the whole woke cancel culture collective consciousness like i think all these terms are floating around because we are like the most 
self-aware in the sense that like we are always looking at our own image Mm. like we're always thinking about our behaviors like we're studying ourselves from an outside point of view like we're like we are kind of descending into the fourth dimension in the sense that we're recognizing space time and um aware and time awareness and understanding that it's also linear and we're also stepping outside i mean it's not linear and we're stepping outside of it and I, i think that's what really makes our generation different and i think that's what past generations are like a little shocked about because if we like look at our hey there health and wellness enthusiasts are you tired of sifting through countless supplement brands at their bold claims only to be disappointed by the quality or results your search ends here with bulk supplements at bulksupplements.com they're dedicated to providing you with the finest most reliable nutritional supplements without the fluff or gimmicks Their products are thoroughly tested and come in their purest form so that you can trust that you are getting the best. With over 500 supplements available in bulk, including vitamins, minerals, herbs, mushrooms, amino acids, proteins, you'll find exactly what you need to support your fitness journey, boost your immune system, or enhance your overall well-being. Why should you choose BulkSupplements.com? Purity. They prioritize the highest quality ingredients without unnecessary additives. Affordability. Our, their bulk options make you get more value for your money. Convenience. Shop easily online and enjoy hassle-free shipping right to your doorstep. And variety. Explore their extensive selection to find the perfect supplements for your unique needs. Transform your health and wellness routine with the power of BulkSupplements.com. Visit their website and use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX for a discount off your future purchases. Experience the difference that pure, high-quality supplements can make in your life. Remember, it's not about the supplements. It's about investing in a better you. Our parents' method of raising children, and then we look at what children were doing at their age. And we look at what children are doing right now. There's so many, there's so much more opportunity for self-reflection because although it does make things like we we are living very fast, it's like these concepts of child development and psychology is like being taken very seriously nowadays. And I love it. And I think that's a big part of like our, like, Uh, the influence of technology like the fact that like we're literally looking at ourselves while we talk to each other and it's like the last generation we're looking at other humans not worrying about what they look like right that's so interesting and like as of yeah sorry what were you gonna say oh yeah I just wanted to know your what you think about that now that you know that can contrast no, I think I've not really ever heard someone talk about our generation from that perspective, but I 1000% agree with you. I think that could not be any truer. And as you were saying that about how we are probably the most like self-reflective generation, especially in comparison to our parents, I'm like, yes. Like I, I just, I'm like thinking about it and thinking about myself, thinking about the people I know. And then also simultaneously, like, you know, thinking about how there's such a prevalence of like mental health disorders and anxiety and depression. And obviously I think that's like, you know, a handful of things that play into that, not just one particular thing, but I, you know, almost wonder like, does our ability to self-reflect, like, does that play into it? You know, I, I, there was a time in my, I would say my mid twenties where I hit this point and I was like, oh, I understand the whole term that ignorance is bliss now. Like once you start opening your mind up to things and you really start having that like level of awareness, whether it's for yourself or just the world around you and how you're interacting in this time and space. And I I feel like there is that point where you're like, oh, okay, but now I can't unknow that or I can't, you know, like close that awareness off. (laughs) So I like, there's so many connections that I feel like are being made in my head right now. And that I'm like, yeah, we are self- aware like do we have the tools to be equipped to be the self-aware I don't know so yeah that's kind of my thought on it yeah I I love it like this is uh it's so beautiful how history repeats itself because this just goes back to Genesis like what happened when they bit the apple they realized Mm -hmm. they were naked they put on some clothes and God's like 
why are y'all acting sus? I didn't program you to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, I love this. And uh, so I love how how you talk about self-reflecting and like building self-awareness. When you were beginning your journey, how did you begin to learn methods of self-regulation? I think that I honestly like was kind of forced to learn them. And by forced, I mean that I had... I've always considered myself to be a strong person, but with that strength, I don't think was a lot of self-awareness because a lot of, you know, what I had considered in my early 20s, I went through um, a tragic loss when I was in high school, um, losing my mom at age 21, lost my dad when I was 27, so a few years ago. And I just thought, you know, I, I just thought I was dealing with it, right? Like I'm strong, I can handle this. But the reality was, is I just wasn't, fully allowing myself to face those emotions and, and learn how to sit with that kind of discomfort and just let it be and let it pass. And so there were you know, a handful of times in my current relationship, my prior relationships where I would lash out, um, you know, times where I would, you know, I went through phases of indulging in more alcohol than, you know, what I know to feel that feels good for me. And there were, you know, some incidents where I just became a person that I didn't want to be. And I think it was through those experiences where I was like, okay, obviously there is, there's something going on. Um, and I, I kind of think I knew, you know, at the, at a deep level what it was, I just didn't want to face it. And so I, you know, I had a couple moments where I had to sit with that and say like, okay, I don't want to hurt the people around me. I don't want to hurt people I love. Um, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to create this kind of like havoc for myself in my life. And so, I mean, I went through therapy and I just started to practice feeling comfortable with the uncomfort and understanding that everything passes. The good times pass, the bad times pass, nothing stays the same. And so learning that concept and and just learning how to breathe through it, I I did start meditating, started doing some breath work and just really focusing on things that kind of helped me connect back to my body. And even till this day, like I had a moment the other day where um, nothing bad happened by any means, but I was just in a situation where I had to have a conversation that was a little more confrontational than like I naturally like to have, but it was necessary. And I was like, okay, I am safe. I had to remind myself like, you know, breathe through it. Like there's nothing that's threatening you or your existence right now. And so just, you know, reminding myself that having that self-talk, connecting back to my breath when I feel those situations of like, okay, I feel like I'm starting to get a little anxious here or like, you know, I'm starting to get worked up for something that doesn't seem like, you know, that uh, response should be elicited and, and just practicing that. And then being gentle. I think that's one thing I want people to learn, especially women. Um, and I say women because I work a lot with women, so I'm just more privy to <laughs> what they're thinking and what they're experiencing. But we're so quick to judge ourselves. We're so quick to be hard on ourselves. Like the minute that you know we don't do something as planned or that we think we should do. And I mean, for me, this journey has been, you know, it, it, ebbs, it ebbs and flows. You take three steps forward, you take one step back, and that's perfectly fine. Like as long as you're continuing to practice that self awareness and learning how to say like, yeah, you know, I did a great job at self-regulating that time. Like I feel really great. Um, Another time you might not, you might not have as much self-awareness. You might not, you know, put what you know into practice as well. And that's okay. As long as you can sit with that and just say, okay, what can I do better next time? Um, You know, nothing is forever. And yeah, I think, you know, just learning how to sit through those uncomfortable emotions and, and breathe through them and, you know, still stay connected with yourself and just let them pass. I think that's the secret to life. Like, and you articulated it so beautifully. (laughs) And I'm sorry for your loss. When I was 23, I lost my mom to COVID. I feel you with the grief. Like, definitely probably had different circumstances, but I could feel the weight. You know, I could relate Mm -hmm. to that. And for sure. And when that's the lesson I learned, like, I have to let myself go through this grief I have to let myself go through my own feelings mm-hmm. I have to let myself feel angry I not to bypass my own feelings like and that's the biggest thing about life like as humans we want to hold on to things because we think if it's frozen in time like a photograph it will stay perfect but you know everything's borrowed that's what we learn with loss like everything's borrowed time so it's like 
the biggest lesson we can take in is that every moment is precious and it's up to us to make it precious. And we have to slow down so that time can feel longer. This time is short. And like you said, with all the bad and the good, it's all fleeting. It's all borrowed time. And, you know, pain is a part of the human experience. You know, how can we be happy if we don't know what loss is? How can we appreciate it? So um, Matrix members, if you're feeling some type of way, if you're feeling down, something's happening, like we, we're sending you love and we, we got to sit through it and we'll get through it. Like this too can pass. And that's, that was like the number one lessons I've learned so far in life. Like things happen. It's just sometimes you have to deal with it. You know, but we don't, we don't have to let it consume us, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. And I'm sorry for your loss as well. I think, but I think that's so beautiful. And just talking about time being borrowed um, and it really is. And it, it is, it just, you learn the fragility of life and just how precious it is. And I, but yeah, I mean, I, I, go through that a lot where I just feel, of course, I don't want to feel pain, but I'm so grateful that I've had the ability to feel, you know, so many different ranges of motion, emotions in life, because that really is what makes it. Hey there, coffee lovers. Did you know that your daily cup of joe might be tainted with oils and chemicals? If you follow me on social media, you are well aware that I'm all about checking labels and it's time we say goodbye to these harmful additives in 2023. Shockingly, many of Americans' beloved coffee creamers contain ingredients that you'll never knowingly mix into your coffee, such as canola oil, dispotassium phosphate, and artificial flavors. But don't worry, we've got your back Liard Superfood Creamers. These creamers are made from top-notch, all-natural, real food ingredients, giving you nothing but the best in every sip. Here, an inspiring tale. Liard began tinkering with his morning coffee routine almost 20 years ago. He discovered that adding healthy, adding healthy fats like coconut oil to his coffee not only enhanced the taste, but also provided him with incredible energy that lasted throughout the day. Eventually, he crafted the ultimate fuel pack coffee and started sharing his secrets with his surf buddies. So why not make the switch to Liard Superfood Creamers today? Elevate your morning ritual, fuel your day with clean energy, and never worry about hidden and harmful ingredients again. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to liardsuperfoods.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ORGANICMATRIX at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. So beautiful. And that, that is the epitome of the human existence. And it's not always sunshine and rainbows. A lot of time it's not, and it's hard, but it, it really is beautiful when you can learn to, to see past that. And then, you know, for me and my journey as well, understanding that while there are external things or external people that can make me happy, like I am in charge of my own happiness at the end of the day. And I'm not always going to feel happy every second of every day, especially, you know, when we go through those super challenging times, but that's still my responsibility at the end of the day. And I'm the only one that, you know, I have to answer to at the end of my life when that time comes, you know, it's, it's me. (laughs) And so taking that ownership can be scary, but it's really like, I feel like we live in a society where we want to have so much control yet really the only way to have control is to take ownership of your, what the role that you play in a situation, even if something is not your fault, you still have the ability to choose how you react to something and, and or what meaning you assign to that situation. You know, what are you going to do with that pain? Are you going to take it and make it something productive in your life? Or are you going to let it consume you? And so I, I it's like a dichotomy of like, people don't want to take ownership, but they want to have control. And the reality is, is the only way to have control is to take that ownership. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I love it. You are one of the realists. Like I love, like I agree with everything that you said. We have to, you know, it's like weird. I asked a philosopher, like my one of my friends, I'm like, why do you think we always go into like fight or flight when we have to take responsibility? Because it is true. Like we have a society obsessed with control. Mm -hmm. Like that's all life is. How much can you gather? Da 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 da. But like. The only way to achieve everything is to have self-mastery. 
and when it comes to self-mastery like we we see the reaction like we see how addicted we are to just food how addicted we are to our phones to stimulus so like how can why do it's funny that we crave control but we don't realize that we're being controlled by external devices and then like i feel like that when we're actually reach enlightenment is when somebody does something to offend us and we're like well what can i do to make myself feel better because this person's not going to make me feel better they cause the harm because that's where we get confused where like vengeance comes in or i need an apology mm. i can't let this go and that's like a job we assigned ourselves like a one one that has no good outcome because we really can't control another person or the things that happen outside of us. We can only control exactly like what you said, how we react to it. And, you know, I just wish it was easier to like shut the monkey brain off because like oh our primitive God. instincts is like, I'm gonna chase you with rocks and sticks. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's why I mean, meditation is not something that I do every single day by any means, but it has been such a huge practice for me. And I recognize like, the times that I need it. And it, it's always, I tell people that when people are like, oh, I don't have time to do that. I'm like, you're the exact person that needs to do that. <laughs> like you need to find the time to quiet down. But yeah, we, I mean, we are so stimulated all the time. I actually, when I was in my early mid twenties, um, I had the opportunity with a former partner of mine to live inside of Yosemite National Park. And I was working remotely at the time and it was, but it was one of the best experiences because it was one of the few times in my life that I was able to truly disconnect and be in nature and do that on a regular basis without it having to be so much effort. And it was that experience that like really spotlighted, like how how much of a stim stimulating society we live in and how we crave that, but yet how it also is like to our detriment that we're constantly being exposed to these things. We're bombarded with notifications, emails, advertisements, everything all day, every day. Yeah, my phone gives me social anxiety. I'm like, yep. I still haven't answered any DMs from like five six months because it's just too much like I can't even go on TikTok like I post and I'm like I gotta get out of here it's too loud <laughs> I, I do the same thing and I've you know I've struggled with that before as well it's always like response time is always a, a goal of mine to get better at but it, it is you just you hit that point where you're like I cannot do this anymore today I just I cannot be on my phone and I will tell friends that like I'm so sorry I'm on my phone for work you know my clients are my priority when it comes to like my communication here but like I just I don't have the capacity to answer with, to, you know, to talk right now. <laughs> I could relate. I'm like, you know, it's a relief hearing someone else say it. Sometimes I get, you know, like you said, we, we're hard on ourselves, right? Like we want to show up for society. And I'm like, mm, I really don't want to talk on the phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> for sure. And you know, what's like not funny, but funny is that I think there are so many people, especially the people who work in this very digital space, whether it is, you know, having a podcast or having an online business or just people who have large social presences. And I think that I don't have an actual statistic. So if I say something, I'm just going to be making it up. But like a vast majority of us who are plugged in like that feel the same way, yet we still put that demand and that pressure on ourselves to show up in that capacity. But like, you know, we're all kind of secretly struggling a little bit with it behind the scenes. It's so new it's so new it makes it, it makes me kind of feel like an alien sometimes like like it goes back to what i mentioned earlier like we're really going into the fourth dimension some say the fifth maybe it is the fifth um because you know i gotta brush up on my physics and stuff but <laughs> we're climbing there we're definitely noticing more and more every generation and like so life true. right now we're going through our own technological rena renaissance with this so and, true. Yeah. So different. Um, what are some challenges you've helped your clients overcome? Ooh, I mean, a wide range of things. So like I said, when you know somebody comes to me initially, it's typically for weight loss or they want to balance their hormones or they have you know, unpleasant GI symptoms, all of those things. They want to have more energy, just feel better in their body. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times that's kind of what we start working on. So, you know, we'll work on you know, rebalancing the gut microbiome, helping to 
balance hormones naturally, addressing those things, you know, overcoming um, you know, weight loss plateaus, things like that. But oftentimes what ends up happening, you know, under the surface is that clients start to a start to adopt a different mindset that this isn't, you know, this is not a six week challenge. This is not, you know, a an eight week sprint to your best body. Like that's not really, you know, that's not in, in my marketing. It's not what I do. It's not how I communicate to people. Um, and they start to make that shift of, okay, this is a lifelong journey. Um, not to say that you have to be on, you know, some intense regimen for your whole life. And I'm not super big on super intense stuff anyway with a lot of people, but you know, this is a factor of your life. Like your health is always going to be there if you're taking care of it. And so, um, you know, shifting the mindset. Another thing that um, I work a lot on with women is their belief about themselves and how they're identifying with themselves and their bodies. So that kind of, that was never really something that was an intentional thing because I didn't particularly grow up having a terrible body image. Of course, like I went through my phase of you know, being at my heaviest weight, I, I was unhappy with the way I looked. I was uncomfortable with the way I felt. I just, I was low energy. I just didn't feel my best, but it was never something that, you know, I didn't grow up with people telling me that I looked a certain way or I should, you know, whatever change the way that I looked. Um, but where, like working with women, we, I've, you know, worked on deconstructing these stories with them. And I've realized, you know, it's pretty apparent with the marketing that we're constantly bombarded with, but you know, how many women have body dysmorphia. I I did experience that a little bit when I was competing in bodybuilding. Like after the fact, I look back at photos now and I'm like, oh my God, like I was so lean. But if you would have asked me at that point in time, like I would have said, you know, I'm not lean enough to do a photo shoot. You know, I'm not in show prep phase or whatever. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I look like I was doing crack, but I wasn't. I was just working out a lot. (laughs) I've never done crack for the record. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, just really analyzing the stories that we carry through our lives about our bodies and about how they should be and how they show up. Like I had a client recently and she had the story about like, you know, that she couldn't achieve a certain kind of fitness physique. And it wasn't anything. She wasn't trying to be a bodybuilder or anything like that. But she had this story that like, you know, her ribs were too wide or, you know, just her body, like her natural build wasn't conducive for that. And I was like, that's really interesting. And I measured myself and she measured herself. And I'm like, you know, we have the same measurements. Like you absolutely can do, but it was, it was just a very, like a very, um, you know, not something that I'd heard someone say before, but that was her belief. And so for her, that was valid. That was a very much a part of her experience. And so just helping women kind of deconstruct what stories they have about themselves, where they came from, you know, what actually is true and what isn't and and start to unlearn those things. So that way, you know, when they reach whatever goal they have, be it an aesthetic goal or be it a, you know, a deeper health related goal that they can actually enjoy it and recognize that, you know, they, they did come so far. So I think that, you know, one thing that happens too when we have this this certain view of ourselves and our body is like it doesn't actually matter if you, you know, lose the 10 pounds that you're you're seeking to lose. If your story is, you know, I'm overweight, I'm not good enough, I've always, you know, been told that I need to lose weight, like it, when you lose your 10 pounds, you're still going to look at yourself in the mirror and think that okay, I'm I'm still this person who's overweight. And so along with the physical transformation, we have to shift the dialogue of what we're saying about ourselves, how we're identifying ourselves. um, And also just helping women realize that like, regardless of where you're at in your journey, and I'm a firm believer that you can 100% love yourself and your body and still desire to change. You can still have goals as long as the intentions are coming from a good, healthy place. Um, But the reality is, is your body is literally working for you every single second that you're alive for your entire life, it doesn't take a rest day. It doesn't take a break. And anytime you put something in it or do something that's not maybe conducive to your best health, like it's constantly correcting your your mistakes essentially. And we all make them. I still do. And so just really understanding how every cell in your body is working for you. Like I, that was a big aha moment for me um, where I felt like, you know, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm on acid or something, but it, it wasn't. But you know, it was just this breakthrough that came through where I was like, oh my God, I just had the the biggest like respect and love for my body. I was like, holy cow, like it's literally just my whole life, all it's trying to do is, is keep me healthy, keep me safe, and basically fix all of my mistakes. 
<laughs> so like what like that is the epitome of unconditional love yeah I agree with you I love that you mentioned it like that because like we think about well I'm a spiritual person so a lot of my, my mind goes there a lot I love it I love it <laughs> and so I think like our human body like we think about how God talks do you have kids, little cousins, nieces and nephews? If so, I bet you're tired of the pain from stepping on Legos. And I bet you're fed up with the subpar cardboard jigsaw puzzles. We have a fantastic solution for you today. Go puzzles. These puzzles aren't just like any other ordinary jigsaw puzzle. They're an exceptional work of art, meticulously crafted from genuine wood breathtaking designs and distinct shapes. Wanguo puzzles promise not only a delightful but stimulating experience, it'll keep you hooked. And the best part, all the pieces are guaranteed to be included, so you'll never have to worry about an incomplete puzzle again. Indulge your puzzle passion with Wanguo puzzles, a true treat for your intellect and creativity. Say goodbye to flimsy cardboard, and hello to premium wooden jigsaw puzzles. They're 100% wooden and they'll last forever. Each piece is hand drawn, so no two pieces are the same. And you'll discover some fun, whimsical pieces as you work through it. They come in custom wooden box, which is a perfect gift for storage. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was a great to pull out a puzzle and have it done at night and have it on the table and not have it on the table for a week. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you'll have with the puzzle, I guarantee. Or get your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. It's about that there has a bunch of angels that support human life. For all we know, like these cells could be like angels because angels are just not human. They're like all mm -hmm. kinds of beings, things that we can't see that work in unison, that work with the universe. They're a part of the natural order of things. And it's like, yeah, we have like a whole army of cells. They all individually have organelles. So they have their own organs. They have a nucleus. They have their own little brain. And they all have their own little mission that they're born to do. And they do it to their, to their death. Like they do it with mad loyalty, like mad passion. And I'm like, yeah, like we have, we wait. It is a blessing to wake up every day. It's all about that awareness. Like, because when we think like there's a bunch of soldiers that are trying to keep us alive, do we want to abuse them? Like, right. no, nobody, I don't think anybody in real life want to hurt anybody. Like, hurt people hurt people. Right. But I don't think they intend to hurt people, right? It's more like a reaction, you know, and it's an impulse. So I love, like, if we're, con if we're, so, if we're considerate to our own selves, like, there's not a lot of wrong we can do if we're considering our own selves and our decisions. Like, it goes back to the cortisol response. Like, was it necessary for me to spike my own blood pressure? maybe not breath work is a great option and like while we're on this topic i did want to ask you what kind of meditation could you recommend our matrix members that they can do when it's time to self-regulate and they're starting to notice that yeah absolutely that's a great question i think my biggest tip on meditation is it's really preference. So for me, I actually really love guided meditations. It helps me. I, I'm a very visual person. And so I love visualizations. I love following a meditation that incorporates that. I love looking at or maybe visualizing rather in my mind um, colors and energies because I, I very much I'm spiritual as well. And so like I love to like look at the world and imagine looking at it as like the energy that's coursing through everything. And so for me, that makes me feel very calm and connected. Other people, not so much. And so I think trying different things, you know, whether it's just YouTubing, you know, some a meditation specifically, if you're feeling anxious, maybe looking at something um, to help reduce anxiety. Now that being said, there's a lot of free content out there. A lot of it's great. Some of it's not so great. And so, you know, finding what helps you, what makes you feel good, um, 
if you are someone who really just likes to sit in silence, I know a lot of people don't because their mind is going to wonder. And that's the beautiful thing about meditation too. It's not about shutting down all thoughts. It's about tuning in and having that awareness and recognizing when something is flowing in and just allowing it to flow out. Um, And so, you know, finding what works for you and just, you know, practicing and playing with it. It's meditation is a journey in itself. Um, You know, I am by no means like a monk. I don't sit in meditation for hours. It's still such a a practice and a learning area for me as well. Um, But, you know, five, even just starting with five minutes, a day is like research has shown that to be extremely beneficial. Um, One thing that I will encourage clients to do, um, not even necessarily from a meditation perspective, but I'll have them practice like deep breathing. So, you know, different techniques, you can do box breathing. Um, You can do, you know, specific like four, seven, eight techniques. Really what I tell people when they're doing any kind of like informal breath work where you're not necessarily following like a breath work facilitator per se, um, is to, you know, just focus on finding a a position that's comfortable for you, really focusing on breathing into your diaphragm, you know, not just the chest, obviously, you know, people are like, oh, we're chest breathers. And like, that's also, you know, natural as well, but making sure that we're directing some of that breath into the diaphragm, um, and then making your exhales longer than your inhales. And I'll tell clients like, you know, practice this every time you get to a red light, like what, what is a trigger that you can have that will help you be like, okay, I need to remember to, to just do some deep breathing. So I'm like, every time you're in your car on the way to work, if you stop at a red light, make that your like minute and a half, or maybe it's less. I don't know how long lights are usually red for, but it seems like forever sometimes. So make that your time where, you know, you're just consciously really quickly, you know, not going into full meditation because you're obviously driving your vehicle, but take a few seconds and make that your like, okay, deep breathing time. You know, once the light turns green, cool. We're back in our zone where we're moving and grooving, come to another red light, practice a few seconds of deep breathing. So, you know, really just finding something that works for you, something that you can adhere to at least on a somewhat consistent basis. And then, you know, playing with it, right? Like I think because like having health challenges or, you know, the whole health journey can be frustrating sometimes for people. And it is a serious thing, right? Like this is our body, this is our life, but remembering to have fun and just you know, it can be playful too, right? Like you don't have to go into meditation. It's not like you're going into the army and you have to do it a specific way. And like, someone's going to yell at you. And if you don't sit there for 10 full minutes, like you're going to be in trouble. Like, no. So, you know, I encourage people to just try different things and, you know, make it fun. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a, like a punishment or anything. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. How can we begin to shape our beliefs that no longer serve us? I, I noticed that you help women change these narratives that they kind of live by that, you know, don't serve us. But I bet that a lot of these clients must, it must be a challenge because they're holding on, they hold on to it by instinct, right? Like, oh, this is part of my identity. How do you begin to deconstruct that? For me, it's it comes both in my intake process and just kind of naturally in the coaching relationship. That's why I'm so big on um, establishing connections with clients. Like when I coach people, it's not like a here's your plan, like bye-bye, we'll talk in you know a week or a month. Um, I encourage clients to have that dialogue. I mean, I don't want to you know bombard people because we're busy, but you know, I, I straight up ask clients, like, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? You know, what are some of the good things that you say about yourself? What are some of the bad things that you say about yourself? Whether they're like hyper-conscious thoughts or, you know, if you sit with it a little bit longer and you start to think what naturally comes up, what is that? And I straight up ask that in my intake form. It's like really direct, but I want to know where someone's at. Cause I do have clients who have that story where they think they're not good enough. They think like, how did I let myself get this way? I'm so X, Y, Z. And then I have other clients who are like, you know, there's a little bit of that negative self-talk, but they are really, you know, big on the like hyping themselves up. And so I just like to get a gauge for where someone's at. Um, And then just, you know, getting to know them and really listening to their language and how they talk about themselves, what kind of words they use. And also like the words that you use to just describe life in general can be pretty telling on, you know, your views, because I'm a firm believer that how you do one thing or how you think about one thing oftentimes parallels into everything else. So if you think life is super shitty and it sucks and like people are always out to get you, like you probably don't have very empowering thoughts about you as well. So again, it kind of goes back to the self-awareness thing too. So I strive to help clients 
establish that level of self-awareness and that kind of comes through through that relationship through asking those questions and just paying attention and then once we have that awareness you know we I typically will lovingly point it out <laughs> and we start to kind of dig from there and it's, it's it's interesting because my work is a fine line between not being someone's therapist because I'm not licensed to be someone's therapist but also helping them bring that level of awareness and I've actually sent people to therapy multiple times um, who really do have those those deeper things um, you know issues with their childhood or parental wounds other types of attachment um, abandonment wounds things like that um, that I think that they need deeper help on and helping them deconstruct those stories so I love it I mean I I I, I respect your work so much. And it's really cool that you, you, you refer people to professionals if you notice that. I really respect that right now. I love that nowadays mental health is becoming more of a discussion. Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of new disorders now. And it's kind of overwhelming. But it is nice to know that people can feel more comfortable getting help instead of, you know, being afraid of people judging them and such. So I have to thank you for your service again. Thank you. I really, yeah, this mentorship is so important. I'm really glad it's becoming easier for people to find coaches like you to get support with these things because it's kind of like once we get out of school and, you know, once we're out of our parents' house, it's like, what guidance do we really have? We're we're forever learning beings and, Mm -hmm. you know, left to our own habits, sometimes we can further the neural pathways of some things that could be changed so a hundred percent how can we teach ourselves to pursue health instead of immediate gratification Ooh, that is a good question i think so i feel like i have a couple different answers for this but you know learning to look at health from what for what it really is and that is a holistic thing right so i if you ask me like what is optimal health i'm going to tell you in my opinion that it is when you know physically mentally and emotionally and spiritually you know we are at the highest place or the best place that we can be in all of those areas you know where they're intersecting and one's not you know necessarily detracting from the other because i can be in super great you know physical shape but if i'm you know having to work out 10 hours a week to maintain that, you know, physical shape, it's highly unlikely I'm going to be my healthiest at that point. But again, that kind of, you know, goes into like mentally, am I really that healthy if I'm, you know, now so obsessed with this? So when all of those things are congruent and, you know, we're kind of like living our best life, so to speak, in all areas, to me, that is the epitome of health. So I think, you know, one thing that people can do is they can reassess their goals. And it's, it's, totally fine to, you know, want to lose X amount of pounds. It's totally fine to, you know, want to have a, you know, visible abs or whatever, if that's like your thing and that's your goal. Um, but not making that your primary goal or your primary reason and, and looking at really the the long game. I'm a big believer that health and fitness should enhance your life like a hundred percent. So even if your goal is weight loss or even if you know that is a something like that that's more aesthetic based ask yourself like what is that really doing for you and for your life and you know even deconstructing that more we could even go into like is it do you have this perception of feeling more worthy or feeling more lovable or whatever if you achieve this goal and that that's like a whole thing that we get into um anyway but just looking at goals more for the long term so it's like if i were to take a thousand dollars and say i want to invest this and I want to become a millionaire. Like the likelihood of me taking that thousand dollars and turning it into a million dollars in a year is pretty low. But if I put it in, you know, an investment account or something that is giving me a ten percent, you know, annual return, and I'm continuing to invest in that, and I'm, you know, not telling anyone they should use this investment strategy, just <laughs> comparing, you know, compound interest over time, like you know, showing up practicing the things that you need to practice, developing healthy habits, even if it's super small stuff, like that's what actually is going to move the needle, you know, a year, two years, three years down the line. So understanding that like your health is just like investing and you showing up, you making, you know, decisions that make you feel good with your your fitness, your nutrition, all of those things, that's like compounding interest. And it might not seem like it's getting you very far right now, but a year from now, you're going to be a totally different person. And so you know, reassessing those goals and it's totally fine to have short-term goals, but 
you know, setting long-term goals as well for what you want to accomplish, or even like, you know, what do I want my life to look like when I'm 40, when I'm 50, when I'm 60? And what do I want to continue doing? Because I can tell you, I do not want to be living the life that most 60 year olds in the US are living right now. Like I want to do badass stuff. I want to be like climbing mountains. I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever have kids, but if I do, I want to be like hanging out with them, hanging out with my grandkids. I don't want to feel any different at 60 than I do at 30 and then I will at 40. And so, you know, that for me is like motivation in itself to can, you know, show up as my best self and just continue to do that throughout life. And so I think that is one way that people can kind of start developing more of that longevity mindset when we're looking at health. I love this. Thank you so much. Yeah. If our Matrix members are interested in working with you, what would that process look like? Oh, yes. So I always love to have conversations with people first. I'm huge on connections and I, you know, I don't think I'm the right fit for everyone and I don't think everyone's the right fit for me. I think that there is a right fit for everybody somewhere. And so for me, I always want to make sure that, you know, when I connect with someone and we talk about their goals and what they're struggling with, um, that always happens either with a phone call or a Zoom call first. And I just want to make sure that, you know, we vibe. I think that one of the most beautiful things about a coaching relationship is connecting with someone and, you know, having somebody feel comfortable enough to share those things that make us feel very vulnerable or to, you know, be comfortable enough to kind of dig into some of the things that they don't want to look at. Um, and I think that when you, work with someone and I've had this in the past as well where you don't your energy just doesn't really match and you don't have that level of comfort it's so much more difficult to open up and to achieve those things and so I want to make sure that anybody that works with me is a a good fit for you know what I can actually help them accomplish but also that you know I'm I'm the right vibe for them they're the right vibe for me that we can connect and we can you know further that connection through the coaching process. So I always start out with a phone call or a Zoom call just to get to know the person, genuine conversation. It's, I, I don't like the whole like sales call methodology. It's really just, hey, let's get to know each other. You know, tell me about yourself. What are your goals? You know, what are you struggling with? Can I actually help you? Do you want me to help you? All of those things. And then from there, I have a, I don't like to say lengthy because it's kind of scary, but um, I have a pretty thorough onboarding process where, you know, we go through, we assess health history, um, you know, again, assessing goals, what, where you're currently at with nutrition, with fitness, with lifestyle, what's your life like? Um, and we basically do a very comprehensive assessment so that we can make sure that regardless of where you're at, that we're, you know, working on the things that are going to get you the most traction and kind of, you know, get you in, in the right direction. And also some, you know, doing things that are going to be congruent and feasible for your life as well, because I can tell you like, what is feasible for me to do right now in this phase of my life is not going to be the same as it was 10 years ago. And it's probably not going to be the same as it will be 10 years from now. So that always has to be a factor as well. Allie, you sound like an expert in your field. And honestly, you got, you got me curious about your services <laughs> because I, I love the custom program. I love how thorough you are and how thoughtful you are with your questions. Like I could just tell how much you care about your clients and like serving others in this area. And honestly, I am grateful for you because I used to be a college athlete. And like once you get out of college and you don't have people making sure that you stick to your routine, you know, it's nice to take a break for a few years because all that stress of mm -hmm. having to work out. But then once you get back into the gym, you realize like muscles went away. I'm starting to look more average. It's like, where do you start? Right. So Matrix members, if you're asking that question like I am and you're like, where do I start? You can find Allie on Instagram and I'll be making sure to put a link to her profile in the description below. Is there um, where else can our followers find you if they're interested in finding your journey or working with you? Absolutely. So like you mentioned, Instagram is probably my most active social platform, but you can also visit my website, which is www.allycasshealth. And you can read about me, um, read about my program, schedule, you know, your free consultation call, all of the fun stuff. You can also reach out via email. And, you know, if you have questions, I'm happy to connect and happy to answer anything I can. So Ali, we are at the conclusion of our uh, interview. I just have three fun rapid fire questions oh, for you. Perfect. <laughs> Where do you like to get your news? Ooh. 
Right now it's from my boyfriend because he's just a lot more aware of what's going on. But that's a great question. Actually, I'm going to throw that back and say if anyone has recommendations for me, please let me know because I would love to follow a news source that is just literally unbiased. Um, Just please tell me what's going on, like real talk, so I can form my own opinion and move on with my life. Amen. I love that. What are some red flags to watch out for in daily life? Ooh. Oh my God. That I just feel like, God, there's so many. Okay. Red flags to watch out for in daily. I think all or nothing in black and white thinking, whether it's with yourself or with other people. I mean, I think that life is much more nuanced. Health is much more nuanced. Most situations are much more nuanced. So whether it's watching the news, um, whether it's, you know, a political topic or your own health journey or whatever it is, understanding that um, there's a lot more nuance to things. So if someone's out there like screaming that it's only this or only that, that's kind of a red flag for me, regardless of what it is. Amen. I love that. That's some good advice. What movie can you watch over and over without getting tired? Girl, oh my God. The new Top Gun Maverick. Is that what it is? Yeah, Top Gun Maverick. I don't even know. Like, I uh, I'm on, I want to go watch that movie right now, actually. Like, every time I watch it, I am like, I should join the Air Force. I'm going to be like a pilot and I'm also going to cry even though it's like not a sad movie. I don't know what it was. I was never, I watched the original, you know, it's a kind of a classic movie, but it was never something that I loved. I was never like a Top Gun fan and the new one came out and I am like floored. Every time I'm on an airplane that has, you know, like little TVs in the the back of the seats, I'm like, let me get on that. So (laughs) that is my current obsession and I don't know why, but it is what it is and I'm going to own it. I love it. You give me like like superwoman vibes, like female Thank superhero you. vibes. I also do love, you know, Gal Gadot and the Wonder Woman um, series, the new one. So yeah, she she watching that makes me feel like I leave the theater or leave like my house. And I think I have like abilities that probably I don't have. And I'm like, I'm ready for something. <laughs> I love it. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you. I love the vibe, Allie. And I look forward to staying in contact and maybe working together again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All feedback is welcomed and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us in the Organic Matrix show, and we'll be seeing you on the following download.